0: We listen to the words of scripture from Second Corinthians, the ninth chapter.
1: Now it is not necessary for me to write to you about the ministry to the saints, for I know your eagerness, which is the subject of my boasting about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Acacia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you may not prove to have been empty in this case, so that you may be ready as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come to me, come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated, to say nothing of you, in this undertaking. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for this bountiful gift that you have promised so that it may be ready as a voluntary gift and not as an extortion. The point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, He scatters abroad, He gives to the poor, His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the need of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift.
0: Since the beginning of October, we've been going through a theme on stewardship. Next Sunday will be the last on the subject of stewardship because then after that we go to Christ the King Sunday and we enter the season of Advent. The scripture today from 2 Corinthians, talks about giving. And throughout the, the stewardship theme, today will be the only day that we're really talking about giving. Because normally in the church when we talk about stewardship, we think everything is about giving. Yes, it is. About giving yourself and living up to the responsibility that God has entrusted to us to take care of things that are around us. In today's lesson, Paul talks about what I would call intentional giving. And what is intentional giving? Intentional giving is the giving that is planned. The giving that you schedule, you know, I have to give. Very soon, the finance committee of our church will send us the giving cards so that we can plan ourselves for 2020 next year to see how much we would like to give to the church. Because every church and every organization that I know have a budget. And you cannot run the budget properly if you don't know how much is coming in. So Paul is talking about intentional giving. You plan your giving. Giving that is purposeful. Giving that is focused. It is not accidental. It is not saying, oh, I am in church, so I have to give the change that I brought today. No. You plan yourself to give to God. The Apostle Paul certainly didn't apologize For talking about giving. We live in a society where people don't like pastors to talk about giving. I don't know if they feel guilty, but they don't like pastors to talk about giving. But Paul, in this epistle to the Corinthian church, did not apologize to talk about giving. He was appealing to people who had far less in the way of material possessions than we have today. He was not talking to people who were really wealthy. No, they had far less than we have today. And listen to what he says to them in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, verses 1 and 2 and verse 5. He says, "Not. Now it is not necessary for me to write about the ministry to the saints. For I know your eagerness, which is the subject of my boasting about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year and your zeal has cheered up most of them. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you. And arrange in advance for this bountiful gift that you have promised so that it may be ready as a voluntary gift and not as an extortion. Paul is talking to the church in Acadia. The apostle was very proud of the Christians in Acadia because of their commitment to the ministry of Jesus Christ and because of their caring nature for the sisters and brothers in Macedonia. The apostles, therefore, challenged them with these words. And these words are important for every one of us who come to church. He says to them, the point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I mean, to that, the church should say, Amen. God loves a cheerful giver. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But I know what you mean. Indeed, God loves a cheerful giver. I mean, we give with open heart, we give because. It is our duty to give. We give because we want to thank God for who God is. We want to say, thank you, God, for what you are to us and for who you are to us. And we don't give out of compulsion. We just give willingly. We look at it and say, it is my sacrifice to God. And I'm giving. Frankly, you don't give it to the church or the conference or the pastor, you give it to God. All these other entities are people and places God put in position to y- distribute the gift you give. But every Sunday or every time you give, you give it to God. And therefore Paul says, give cheerfully. I'm sure you guys have heard this, this story told many times before now, but, but I decided I'm going to use it for this message. It's about the, the fact that each year the Butter Bowl Turkey Company sets up a hotline to answer consumer questions about preparing Thanksgiving turkey. One woman called to inquire about cooking a turkey that had been in a freezer for 23 years. Yes, 23 years. The operator told her it might still be safe to serve the turkey if the freezer had been kept below zero degrees the entire time. The operator warned the woman that, even if it were safe, the flavor had probably deteriorated and she wouldn't recommend eating the turkey. The caller replied, that's that's what we thought. Then the woman added these words, well, we'll just give it to the church. My friends, if that doesn't make you laugh, it will make you cry. If it's not very good for us, we'll just give it to the church. Some people, indeed, are insensitive when giving to God. Because they do not give to God their best. And no preacher should be telling members of the church that you need to give to God your best. No preacher. Because every Christian should know that. Because right from the beginning, God gave us his best. His only begotten son, Jesus Christ. That was the gift he gave us. John 3.16. And we, the people of the church, we who call ourselves Christians, every time we give, should be able, willing, and ready to give God our best. And some people are slack in their giving because they give God only what's left over. And so the question for us this morning is, how do you give to God? I mean, make it personal. How do you give to God? Do you give your best? Or do you wake up on Sunday morning and say, oh, I have 20 cents or $20. That's all I'm giving to the church. My friends, remember, God gave you his best. And God expects you to give in return the best you have. The Apostle Paul says to each of us, if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. For each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. Why do we give and how do we give? Some of you will remember from your school days a Frenchman called Lafayette. Lafayette was a French general and politician who was extremely rich. He was sympathetic to the cause of the American colonists. He assisted George Washington in the American Revolution and then returned to France and resumed his life as the master of several estates. It was in 1783 that the harvest in France was very poor. But the workers of Lafayette Farm still somehow managed to harvest a lot of wheat. The bad harvest has raised the price of wheat that year. Someone said to his workers, this is the time to sell because you will make more money, of course. This is the time to sell. Lafayette thought about all the hungry farmers in the surrounding villages. Then he said, no, this is the time to give. And that is what he did. He shares his wheat with those who had none. Lafayette understood excellence in giving. He was undoubtedly conscious of all that he had been giving given to him, and he opened his hands and his hearts to those who were less fortunate. We hear in the children's message this morning, the second helping goes to help even school children. And some of us may not know that, but the second helping you give every Sunday goes to help the mission of St. Paul's United Methodist Church downtown. And part of that goes to the children of our community. There are some who will look at the uncertain times we live in and say, this is a time to look out for myself. Others will look at these uncertain times and, like Lafayette, will say, no, This is the time to give. Guess which one of these has the heart of Jesus Christ? Serving myself or looking outward and serving others? Glorifying God in our giving? My friends, you know the needs of the church. You know how important your faith in Jesus Christ is to you and how grateful you are for your salvation. You know that. This is all that matters when it comes to giving. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that youth through his poverty might become rich. We're talking about intentional giving, giving that is planned. Plan yourself today and the rest of the week so that when you receive the stewardship campaign cards, you know what you want to give for God's ministry. And why do we give? You have various reasons why, why you give, but I can tell you why you should give. Number one, I believe... We give because of our relationship with God. We have a relationship with God. The God who loves us. Amen? He loves us. We have a relationship with God. The God who redeems us. The God who went to Calvary to die for us. We have a relationship with Him. The God who embraces us, no matter what the case may be in our lives. Like the prodigal son narrative in the scripture, God sees us as sinners, yet still, God embraces us. So because of our relationship with God, we give. Secondly, we give because we worship God. And giving is part of worship. Giving is part of worship. Your worship is not complete without giving. So you have a relationship with God. You give. You worship God. You give. We give because of our friendship with God's people. Our friendship with God's people. A good example for us at Church of the Cross is the second helping we do every Sunday. Our friendship with Christians who attend St. Paul's. Our friendship with children in our community who go to school. Because without your giving, some of them will not have a single balanced meal a day. So we give. And that is important, my friends. I remember when I was in elementary school. I went to a Christian elementary school, a Methodist elementary school. But in that school, we have kids who can afford the lunch. So you take your money, you buy food, You have people all around who are selling food, so you go buy. But you have majority of the kids who cannot afford it. And guess how they were fed every day, Monday through Friday. They were fed because of the goodness of a particular group of people in the world known as Americans. I mean, I'm talking about the 60s when I was in elementary school. These kids were fed by Americans. Because there was an organization called CARE. And that organization would take corn flour, wheat, butter, milk, oil, sugar to these schools all over the city. And all this school had to do was to hire somebody or a group of people to prepare the meal for these kids to eat. I'm pretty sure you never knew you were feeding a lot of kids way back in Sierra Leone in Africa in the 60s. But that's how they had their meal. Just like we do our second helping and St. Paul's makes sure some kids who go to school have a decent breakfast and it may surprise you my friends that we have communities in in our united states of america where a lot of the kids who go to our schools don't even eat breakfast in the morning the school has to supply them breakfast we give because of our relationship with god we give because giving is part of worship we give because of our friendship with other with god's people But we give also because of our membership within the church. You give because of your membership within the church. I don't expect somebody from outside to fulfill the budget of the church. I expect the members of the church to fulfill the budget. Because when you join any club, even the exercise clubs, you pay your dues. You know that. You pay something. I I have three boys. We have three boys. And I've been around in various communities with them, and you will never see me go to the exercise place, you know. (laughs) But my kids come, and the next morning, they are at the gym. And they pay for the day. You understand? Of course, they're not using my money, so I don't argue with them. The only thing I say to them is, make sure you tell us you're going out so we can lock the door, because somebody can just come in. But they do it all the time they are here. They go to the gym in the morning. If they are spending three nights, they will go three times. So they pay because they are a member, temporary it may be, of that gym, that moment. So we give not only because of our relationship with God, our worship of God, our friendship with God's people, but because of our membership within the church. And we give also because of our sponsorship in mission. Right now in this church, we have a mission in the Congo. And we're going to ask people to give because there are projects that still need to be finished. So we give. So my friends, the Apostle Paul is saying to us this morning and always, Christians, let your giving be intentional. Plan it. Let it be purposeful, and you give because you want to to be thankful to God, the God who loves you, the God who redeems you, and the God who embraces you every day. Why do you give? How do you give? Are you ready to give for the budget of next year? I pray, I pray, my friends, that every one of us will be willing to give to the glory of God Because giving is part of my covenant with God. The promise I make to God. And God will help me to fulfill that promise. Think about it. And may God bless each one of us. Amen.